so funny about peace, love, and understanding? We'll leave 2021 with no stronger grasp on collective truth than we had in 2020. One kind of dystopian nightmare exchanged with another. I wish Biden had tried to unite this country, but he didn't. I wish the left had not gone utterly insane, but they did. I wish I hadn't seen just how corrupt our media class is in this country, but I did. I wish I didn't wake up from the comfort of the delusion that I was fighting on the right side, but I did. I have come out of 2021 as clear-eyed as I have ever been. There's nothing good about that. The more you see, the more you know, the worse it is. Indeed, ignorance is bliss. I would be lying if I said I didn't go through many very dark nights this past year. For most of my friends, that would translate as fear of Trump supporters destroying democracy itself. But for me, it was the feeling of being completely and utterly alone. Physically alone. Emotionally alone. I had four animals around me at all times, hovering nearby for comfort and warmth. But I had no one to share quarantine with in 2020 or 2021. I only had the terrible, abusive internet, which I kept returning to again and again for friendship, warmth, and kindness. What I would get back, though, was either more abuse, indifference, and cruelty. That can distort how you see the world and how you see yourself in it. I have contemplated more than once if I was anywhere near close to ending it. I never would because I have a daughter, for one thing. Also, I would worry about my four animals. Who would take care of them? Then I would remind myself that this is what it feels like to live in an extremely polarized, algorithm-driven reality, that none of it was real. Then I would take a walk outside, see the smiling faces of my neighbors, and feel my feet on the ground, and I would remember what was real. A good friend of mine dropped out of a heart attack at 57, reminding me just how suddenly it can all be over, and that time spent on Twitter is time wasted. As hard as it is to quit, my goal in 2022, among others, is to spend much less time there. I do want to say a big thank you, readers of this substack. Having you here, subscribing, whether or not you read my newsletter, has made me feel less alone, less alienated. Some of you I know and some I don't know, but just knowing you are here means the world to me. What's so funny about truth, justice, and the American way? The one thing I wish for more than anything is to have a country back where we're allowed to express ourselves freely and openly without fear. As Sam Harris wrote two summers ago, we appear to be driving ourselves crazy, actually crazy, as in incapable of coming into contact with reality, unable to distinguish fact from fiction, and then becoming totally destabilized by our own powers of imagination and confirmation bias, and then lashing out on one another on that basis. This isn't just politics and human suffering on display, it's philosophy. It's ideas about truth, about what it means to say that something is true. What we're witnessing in our streets and online, and in the impossible conversations we're attempting to have in our private lives, is a breakdown of epistemology, 
How does anyone figure out what's going on in the world? What is real? If we can't agree about what is real, or likely to be real, we will never agree about how we should live together. And the problem is, we're stuck with one another. I had to think really hard about exactly what I wanted back in 2022, then it finally hit me. We need Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth justice, and the American way. And now, another exciting episode in the adventures of Superman. Truth. The alternative narratives are messing with our perception of reality. We watch every day as the narrative is distorted on the left and the right. It's hard to know what is true and what isn't. While many will blame Trump for this, he's been gone for a year off of social media and it's as bad as it's ever been. The news media is less trustworthy than they've ever been. Objectivity is very nearly gone. We just seem to be stuck in this place of endless civil war. For me, it was when the New York Times and Twitter worked together in a struggle session over the Tom Cotton op-ed, I saw for the first time how we on the left distort the truth to serve the narrative. How long did the Kyle Rittenhouse narrative rage out of control? Did the media ever walk back their accusations that he was a racist white supremacists who use an illegal weapon to cross state lines and kill Black Lives Matter protesters? None of it turned out to be true. None of it. And yet most on CNN or MSNBC or Twitter had the courage to even ask whether it was true or not. And that's just one example of how twisted our perception of reality has been for at least a year, but probably longer. The good news is there are still plenty of resources to set the record straight if you can pull yourself out of the media bubble and find it. My year would have been utterly lost without the genius that is Matt Taibbi. And this is another thing, and I don't want to talk about Joe Biden specifically, but I think any experienced reporter can speak to this. One of the reasons that that, I, that the use of the term white supremacist was shocking in this case is that as a reporter, I would be afraid to use that word uh, about someone that I didn't have a pretty serious collection of evidence what had beliefs like that because I would be afraid of libel suits, frankly. Right. And the, 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 the widespread lack of fear of that, I think, was um, actually more instructive than anything that, that Kyle Rittenhouse said or anything, anything about this case. Uh, it was really, it was something, it was a sea change, I think, just in the way that we talk about people. Notice how in this video he says he would never simply accuse someone of being a white supremacist without piles of documents to prove it. Where did that kind of ethics in journalism go? Well, we know where it went. It got fired from most of the publications in this country. The New York Times' biggest blunder of 2020 was losing Barry Weiss, who is a pioneer now in leading the way for new media voices. Weiss's podcast and her substack have been absolutely essential. I always immediately listen, and I always immediately read anything that sails through my inbox from her. It is Weiss who encourages her readers to be open-minded and brave, 
It is wise who understands that unless we all start speaking out, we will continue to live in a country afraid of the truth. And that's what's happening now. There are so many brave voices online, and all of them have been attacked at one time or another, and have built platforms outside the mainstream. While it's a benefit to people like me, we still lose much by having people like Matt Taibbi's work not make the mainstream. At least real clear politics will often link out to both Weiss and Taibbi, which ensures more people will find their way there. Here are some other voices on Substack I have read and appreciated this past year. You should read all of them. Freddie DeBoer, Blocked and Reported's Katie Herzog and Jesse Single, Walter Kern, Wesley Yang, Michael Schellenberger, Andrew Sullivan, Catherine Brodsky, James Strock, Nancy Rommelman, Antonia Garcia Martinez, Jeff Einstein, Daryl Cooper, Jeff Moore, Abigail Schreier, The Liberal Patriot, Glenn Lowry. And podcasts I listen to, Honestly by Barry Weiss, The Quillette Podcast, Megan Kelly, Ben Shapiro, Walk-In's Welcome with Bridget Fetisi, All In Podcast with Chamath, Jason Sachs, and Friedberg, my favorite podcast, The Fifth Column Podcast with Camille Foster, Matt Welch, and Michael Moynihan, and The Unspeakable Podcast with Megan Daum. One of my favorite new discoveries is Cheryl Atkinson. She writes for her own site and justthenews.com, and her motto is, do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself. She has gone through all of the media mistakes in the Trump era and all of the media mistakes in the Biden era. She's an old-fashioned reporter who believes in objectivity and ethics. I know, right? What a shock. Her podcast has been a must-listen for me this past year, and I know she will always get the story. Justice. We have been subjected to trial by mob for at least five years now. When Trump was elected and the entire established order of this country, a.k.a. the ruling empire, believed itself to be the resistance, everything went out the window. The press was blamed for putting Trump in power, so they did nothing but subvert the truth to attack him on a daily basis. On Twitter, the presumption of innocence went out the window completely. Almost every case became partisan fodder, with justice being rendered by mob and no one really having the stones to stand up to any of it. While Superman's definition of justice might have been taking the law into your own hands when institutions of power fail, I mean it here as restoring faith in institutions. Everyone deserves not only a fair trial, but a path to redemption when canceled by the mob, for starters. But worse than all of that is how Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and other elected officials have inserted themselves into ongoing cases without any verdict being rendered. This was true when Biden falsely labeled Kyle Rittenhouse a radicalized Trump supporter who was opening fire on protesters because he was a white supremacist. True when Biden expressed anger at the Rittenhouse verdict after a fair trial. True anytime Biden has commented on a partisan side. That's not the president's job. Laying it out in painful detail is Jonathan Turley for The Hill, who warns Biden to change course heading into 2022, and he's right, says Turley. A president plays a critical role in reinforcing our system of justice. He not only represents our constitutional process of representative democracy, but he is given specific power to correct injustices through pardons and commutations. When passions turn to rage, a president can bring a needed voice for fairness and patience in allowing our system to function without prejudice or prejudgment. Conversely, if the president rushes to judgment, he becomes an enabler of mob justice. Every jury in this country is potentially under threat from the mob and they know it. 
in our modern day surveillance state where everyone is a children's spy, to make anyone famous for anything they do, where video clips are often taken out of context and misunderstood, that is all the more reason to fortify our justice system and try to diminish the power of the mob. It is immoral the way people can be accused of something online based on a tweet or something from their past and have no due process or any way to defend themselves. It isn't easy standing up to it, but stand up to it, we must. The American Way In the new economy of the internet and social media, no one is safe. You are expendable. It is considered a privilege to have access to a major platform like Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook, not to mention publishing houses, movie studios, even fast food joints, universities, libraries, the corporate offices of Coke or Nike. You have only one choice, shut up and comply. If you do that, you will thrive. If you dissent, your job is on the chopping block. Does that sound like the American way to you? It doesn't to me. Even saying it out loud, the American way, feels like it's verboten, doesn't it? Why? Because calling anything American carries with it a source of shame, at least on the left now. I saw a couple with a baby on YouTube offering up a recipe for vegan pumpkin pie say, We no longer celebrate Thanksgiving because it's representative of genocide. It should surprise no one that this year DC Comics decided to change Superman's motto from truth, justice, and the American way to truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. Though never part of the original series, the American way was added in the early 1940s as part of the World War II effort and changed to freedom in the 1960s. It sticks with me, probably because it was revived in the 1978 Superman with Christopher Reeve. I mean, uh, why are you here? There must be a reason for you to be here. Yes, mm -hmm. I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way. <laughs> gonna end up fighting every elected official in this country. Sure you don't really mean that, Lois. But apparently in the years since, the American way just isn't on brand anymore, as CBS News points out. Still, DC's decision to have the head of the company officially announce Superman's motto appears to be a pointed statement that the Man of Steel is a hero for everyone, part of a wider effort across the country to broaden its representation. Most recently, on October 11th, DC announced that John Kent, Superman's son, who also wears the iconic S-Shield as a superhero, would come out as bisexual. Why wouldn't people see America as the most inclusive country in the world? Because it is. No other country has so much inclusion, so much diversity, and is such a cultural and religious melting pot as this one. We get to decide what this country is. It's more than a little heartbreaking that in 2021 there is so much hatred toward America. America deserves so much better than that. While the modern left wants to tear down America and build a new utopia, they forget that it already is a utopia. It is built on the idea that everyone in this country has the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Just because these ideals weren't upheld at America's founding, that doesn't mean they don't exist or that we shouldn't remember them or fight for them. America is the only country in the world that has freedom of speech written into its constitution. At its best, we hold to those values, even when we disagree with what is being said. America stands for the land of opportunity. People flee failing governments and oppressive regimes, knowing that if they stake their claim somewhere in America, they can build a business from the ground up. If their kids work hard, they can become doctors, teachers, celebrities, tech moguls, and scientists, even millionaires here. No class system or caste system will hold them back, not if you stick to the founding principles of this country. 
There is nothing funny about truth justice in the American way, just as there is nothing wrong with peace, love, and understanding. We need more of both, everywhere and in everything. I will close 2021 with this quote from a wonderful speech by Abigail Schreier, another public enemy number one on the left, who gave a speech to the students at Princeton that she ends this way. You will, each of you, have the chance to matter. You will find yourselves at hospitals or in banks or in courtrooms and at newspapers where you will see things happen that you know to be wrong, where you find that the standard line is actually a lie. You may have found yourself there already. If you're fortunate enough, you may find yourself one day with children of your own, knowing you are their best defense in this world, and you'll feel the nub of your will pushing you to do something, say something. And when that happens, don't sit there like a sock puppet. I'm 43, which I realize makes me very old to many of you. But not so long from now, you'll wake up and be 43 yourselves. When I look back on my life thus far, it occurs to me that the decisions of which I am most proud, the ones that strike like an unexpected kiss, are not the times when I obeyed the algorithm. They're the times when I defied it and felt, for a moment, the magic and power of being alive. When I felt, even for an instant, the exquisite joy of not being anyone's subject. When I had the unmistakable sense that I've existed for a purpose, that I stood the chance of leaving the world better than I found it. You don't get any of that through the lockstep career achievements. You certainly don't get that by being the left's star pupil. You feel that frisson when you choose a person to commit yourself to, knowing full well that any marriage may fail. When you bring children into a world where there are no guarantees of their safety or success, when you summon the courage to fashion a life, something that will remain after you are gone, when you speak the truth publicly with care and lucidity, and when you say to the world, you cannot buy me with flattery, purchase my colleagues or classmates at bulk rate, I am not for sale. Happy, happy, happy New Year, dear readers. Thank you for being there in my darkest of nights. Thank you for reading when you had the time. And I wish you all of the best for 2022. Thanks for listening. Searching for